0: It's week number 15 of the coronavirus hiatus here on Tried and True, the DC United Postgame Podcast presented by Heineken, and I wish you could have seen Sam's face when I that shouted so out that it's sad. week 15 of <laughs> wow, this. Wow,
1: why would you say that?
0: Because every week I've got to add one to the episode count, and I, I see it. <laughs> uh, but it's been, uh, it, it's been an interesting week. We're obviously going to talk a lot later in the show about the return of the Premier League, which was glorious i was so excited for that to be back um but i don't want to bury the lead there's some some interesting stuff happening around uh both major league soccer um and dc united specifically um but how are you guys doing we're getting really close to coming back for the mls's back tournament
1: i'm just really excited for that (laughs) we because soon it won't be week 15, 16, 17, 18 of the hiatus so it will be. We have actual MLSs back and I know I've been very critical of the tournament but the end of the day I'm just super excited to watch my MLS teams play again.
2: I will believe it is back when we have a schedule and we know exactly what we're going to be doing for those three weeks.
0: Yeah and we couldn't possibly have a schedule yet because that would be too much to ask. I, I was definitely frustrated um, earlier in the week but not surprised. We talked about it a little bit the news coming out um, that ESPN and their negotiations with Fox and with Univision to, to divvy up games and you know figure out what the schedule was going to be, figure out what the cost was going to be, because ESPN is doing all the production, right? And I mean, obviously it's at Disney's Wide World of Sports, so they've probably not only got the cabling for it, but it's just much easier for them to do it. And it sounds like um, even the ESPN crews will be calling the games uh, remotely, which is frustrating, but you know, I guess it's a sign of the times. We're used or...
1: to that. It's D.C. United fans. Well. Right.
0: <laughs> Sorry, uh, Dave and Devin, we know you want to be on the road. But, um, yeah, there's a bit of a squabble there, and it's not unlike, you know, when the Premier League just came out with their schedule uh, just trying to negotiate which network was going to get what game. But if you're one of these networks, like, do you are you more interested in, like, a consistent time slot, do you think? Like, you want the you know the 10:30 game every night or do you not care and you just want the best games you can get and you're willing to give up a time slot to get traffic go de orlando or that's something? that's historically what we've seen is networks want
3: to be a specific time cuz cuz that's how they lead into programs and and they figure all the all that out all the commercials and stuff like that
1: i don't i don't think that I mean, maybe for the regular season, but when you don't have a lot of other sports going on, you can kind of like build your schedule around MLS. I don't think that's necessarily what they're going to do, but I would imagine that they'd want the bigger games to try to bring in that audience to kind of like have the audience around your other shows. It's then. the
3: only reason I can I can think why we don't have a schedule yet is that they're trying to pick and place these big-time matchups in key spots on key networks so maybe that yeah maybe there's a bidding war for dc united versus new england (laughs) revs that's it i think that's
0: it the
1: one holding everything up
0: yeah you know it's coming up here in about 10 minutes um we're gonna have dc united's uh, federico iguain joining the show which we're really excited about um former columbus crew player and there was some news uh broke just yesterday uh from our friends at black and red united That DC United and the crew are both interested in Cruz Azul striker Santiago Jimenez, which is pretty exciting. He's a young kid, um, obviously, got a bright future ahead of him. You like hearing DC United making moves for potentially young strikers.
1: Just striker. I mean, we just kind of need depth in that striker position, and, you know, the fact that he's young and potentially has something to prove and, you know, would really give us all for dc united i i think that is super promising i mean we'll see how it goes
2: if there's one thing we learned from the FIFA tournament is that we need more striker <laughs> options and ways to <laughs> flesh that out and
3: really miss wayne rooney and also, i don't know, <laughs> costa in that game i, I probably would have beat kevin if if we had those players
4: that's what i'm saying. T- I'm making up all the excuses Absolutely.
2: and you know in, in a normal world yesterday would have been our game at columbus so yeah. it's a, a timely time to have a frederico on
0: well, and, and so, you know, back to Jimenez for a minute. I mean, it's it's super exciting. 19 years old, and he's in the uh, Mexican international picture for potentially their Olympic roster. That's that's a pretty big deal, potential signing there. It sounds like the crew have already made an offer, um, but we could have a bidding war.
3: Yeah, and that's when Carlos Vela was spotted, was when he, he played for a U World Cup and, and really played well. I think Mexico went on to win it, and that's how... He went on to Arsenal and then, you know, so forth and now is an MLS star. But maybe we could get – I mean, that's the trend in MLS now is not to wait until they go to Arsenal and kind of burn out. It's to grab them before and be that league in between like a Miguel Almaron situation where you, you have a Premier League quality player playing on your team for a little bit and, and you're gonna, probably going to win some trophies at that point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think it's – we want him even more too because there's another Eastern Conference team bidding for him. So we don't want the crew to have that, you know, striking power – over us even i mean i'd want him if you know the timbers were bidding for him but especially since it's an eastern conference um i hope dc united does kind of put their money up and recognize that we need this depth
3: if we don't get him and columbus crew do do we get zardas in exchange no (laughs) why would you even suggest that (laughs) i don't want that (laughs) why would you put that out there
2: (laughs) somehow patrick will find his way back
0: Never forget the the hat trick game. Hat-trick. Was it was it four goals? In that it game? was four that yeah. game. Yeah, which is hat trick wasn't enough.
1: I chatted with him a little bit after that, not immediately after that game, but later on, and he said that's the first time he'd scored a hat trick since like high school. Wow! So.
0: if only he could have spread those goals out a little more that season, we might, but <laughs> I'd have gone just a little further.
1: He's just got to come back and do it then.
0: It's possible, it, and it's interesting. You know, just just seeing here uh, earlier this week. Um, Walt Disney World obviously is hosting the NBA if they can get the players on board with that, which still seems to be a bit rocky, Um, as well as Major League Soccer this summer and they announced some of the hotels that the NBA players would be potentially staying in. Um, it sounds like they're working through what it would what it would take to allow the MLS players to attend some of the NBA games and vice versa, which would make it kind of cool. Uh, obviously, the Wizards are going to be down there, um, so there could be a chance for them to come see some DC United games and vice versa. And I know that families have been one of the things that have been a bit concerning um, to some of the MLS players about like being being separated from their family for so long. Uh, it sounds like the NBA players are going to get have a chance to bring a couple family members down a little bit later in the tournament, and they're working through the protocols now to potentially let the players go to the theme parks at a spe- at, a, at a, like a specified time where they would shut the park to the public and, and give them and their families a chance. So it, it's going to be interesting, but I'll tell you, the the, the COVID numbers are, are climbing in Florida right now. And I've seen a few players this week on Twitter, like not feeling great about going down there. Yeah, Grussell and a few other players I saw. It would be
3: interesting to see those NBA players, like how many, I know there's a lot of crossover between soccer fans and NBA players. A lot of the NBA guys are from Europe. Uh, and the ones that aren't, that, like Kevin Durant, who grew up in D.C., I would totally watch a D.C.-Philly game with Kevin Durant in the crowd after he failed to buy a stake in D.C. United and then went on to buy a stake in Philly Union, like the snake that he is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dang. But I, I think it would be yeah, fun. You got it in. <laughs>
3: and you could also, uh, NBA games with MLS players, it would be fun to see which which teams stick to the, the market they're currently in and which ones support their hometown a.k.a. Birnbaum, should be at the Washington games.
1: Well, I think it's <laughs> interesting on the flip side, you know, you have a lot of conversation about what these players are going to be doing um, while they are there, and you talk about the COVID numbers definitely spiking, and I know that the league wants to have players pretty much on lockdown, but a lot of players have been um, really vocal. I'm thinking about Bill Hamid specifically posted a little bit of a rant saying that, you know, we're adults. You don't need to lock us up. I don't need a babysitter. Like, I know how to walk around the world and not get COVID. Um, but the numbers are spiking, so it'll be interesting to see what those conversations are. I mean, the players are being tested, what, every couple days? So Yeah,
3: I, I love Bill, but I don't think he's going to win that argument, especially one day after a DC United player was reported to have COVID. So, uh, and they're going to, like we just said, a part of the country that that is not handling it well, uh, into a theme park where people will be coming to visit I understand, and I can relate to him about being stuck on a basically a base is what they're going to make it. And it's not fun, but I hope at the end of the day they make it as comfortable for them, but they're still professionals and they treat treat this tournament seriously and try to stay healthy and win it.
2: Well, it's like we said all along, You know, coming back, there are always going to be risks no matter what it happens. We don't have a vaccine yet. There's still you know, public health issues there this is about the best answer that they could come up with to make something happen and get soccer playing again again in the controlled environment trying to minimize everything as much as possible but there's still risks and you know i think we all appreciate that the players are mindful of that they're going to be smart and you know try to be careful with it but uh we just have to hope that everything goes well
0: Yeah, and the other big news uh, this week, the Black Players Coalition of Major League Soccer um, came to permission, was announced. um, And it sounds like there's a number of D.C. United faces, both uh, present and and past, that are involved with this. And it's really exciting to see. I mean, it's it's definitely um, well beyond time for something like this, um, but definitely seems to be really picking up across the league. Yeah, it's something that, like you said, it should have been around for a while. You
3: love to see soccer should be the leading sport in and equality there's just so many players from all the countries in the world playing we we should be doing better and there's there's some problems with MLS there's some problems with leagues across the world and, and hopefully this coalition is able to some to make some real change I know that's what the players were were put, putting out this week is there will be change and I, and I hope they're right and I want to support them and make that happen
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, I think this is super important and it is super positive in my mind. You know, this is, it's not a moment, it's a movement. It's not something that everyone can just be posting on social media about for a week. And then we're going to go back to normal, quote unquote, COVID normal, non-normal, yeah. regular normal, whatever.
0: What is normal anymore? Right.
1: <laughs> um, but it is something that hopefully um, there is going to be a lot of change about. you know, that's something, you know, even when DC United did that, I can't breathe on the on the field you know that was a really great gesture but what's going to happen beyond that Um, and I think this is something that the league is showing that it's a beyond just putting out statements during the week when everyone's talking about it Um, actual change definitely needs to happen and I think that it's really promising that the league is doing that and I'll be interested to just see what comes from it you know what DC United continues to do um, to make sure that you know, it's a safe space for everybody, players, fans, the community. Um, You know, they do great work in the community, but you can always improve. So I'm excited to see where it goes.
2: Well, anytime you get a group of players coming together and working for something bigger than themselves, you know, that's part of why we enjoy the game and we appreciate that there are also people outside of the uh, field as well. That's one of the things we've appreciated out of being able to interview a number of players over the last couple of months is that they are a lot more than uh, somebody you watch on TV or watch for a couple hours when you go to Audi field and to hear the players coming together on a topic like this or anything else. It's, it's exciting.
0: And speaking of interviewing players, we've got former Columbus crew, great, but future DC United legend, hopefully. <laughs> Federico Iguayen is joining the show here in just a few minutes. So we'll send it to break. We'll get him on the horn. Uh, and we'll be right back here on Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast, presented by Heineken. Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast, presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube?
3: Find Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match.
0: Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds.
1: Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag Tried and True DCU, or text us at 202-892-6328.
0: Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. will be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag DCU
3: or email us at triedandtrueDCU at gmail.com.
0: Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds.
1: Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU.
0: We are back here on Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. And we're live with Federico Iguain. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
5: Hi. Nice to meet you guys.
0: Yeah, we're so happy to have you on. First of all, happy Father's Day.
5: Thank you. Thank you very much. And, Same for you.
0: <laughs> thank you. And so how are you uh, and your family doing right now in a uh, little bit of crazy times right now, but about ready to get back to soccer? How are you guys doing?
5: I mean, uh, at this time, I'm here alone in uh dc washington because my I, i'm a father of three kids they are with my wife in columbus where we lived you know for the last eight nine years so in this moment we are separate so it's, it's not the best situation but uh it is what it is you know
0: yeah that's that's definitely got to be challenging but hopefully you're looking forward to seeing the team a little bit more now and then of course getting to play with them here in just a couple of weeks
5: yeah i hope so i hope so we are very excited you know for this opportunity to play football again i'm very excited to be around the guys with the staff coach and trying to to play football once again you know this is my life this is what i love to do so i hope i can make it
1: yeah as you mentioned um you were in columbus for quite a quite a while and then you moved to dc Sorry? You were, I didn't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. OK, sorry about that. Um, but you mentioned that you were in Columbus for, for quite a while, and then you moved to DC and everything kind of shut down. Did you get to go to the museums or anything like that?
5: I mean, they make a decision, you know. Uh, I was ready to to do my rehab and come back and try to play football. Uh, they make a decision. I make my decision. My decision was to still play football. And I was lucky, you know, like uh, a team like this United opened the door for me. Uh, it was really, really nice. Uh, and I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, and I hope to do, to do my best, to play my best football. We,
3: we certainly know you're a good player. We've seen you uh, suit up for Columbus a lot throughout your career. And in fact, when you came to Columbus Crew in 2012, you were a newcomer of the, of the year, right?
5: uh yeah i think so yeah yeah
0: how is it that you were so successful when you first came to columbus um transitioning into major league soccer
5: it was a i mean overall the my my entire time here in united states playing in mls was really really good it was a really nice experience on and off the field so that's the reason why i want to still playing in this league um I like almost everything, you know, so I'm happy here and I want to play here as long as possible and when the moment to to finish my career, you know, is getting close, I I, I would like to to work for this league, but um, I hope that time comes uh, later than sooner, you know.
2: (laughs) We are right there with you and hoping a lot of success on the field. You mentioned that you're taking on a little bit of a different role with DC United as a, a player coach. What does that look like? And how does your role change going into that?
5: I mean, it, it, it doesn't change too much because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy who really likes this game and I really like to talk about this game, even if uh, the role is assistant coach or not. Uh, but from from the beginning, my desire was to, to play football. I'm not thinking uh, about uh, uh, that type of role, you know. I will be. I, I'm a I'm a normal guy, very quiet guy who likes to play football, who likes to talk about football. Um, that's my goal, you know. Be on the field. If I have the chance, be on the field and and, and help my team.
1: Yeah, well, we're definitely excited to see you on the field for DC United. Um, can you talk about your recovery process and what that was like?
5: Yeah, it, it was a long recovery. It's, it's a, It was not the, the best moment for me, but uh, I'm very close to, to, to feel you know like wow. a, hundred percent, you know like fit, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be, uh, uh it's, it's all about time you know and play 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 as much as I can. To, to get my my normal football back again.
0: Well, and you know, one of the things um, coming off of that injury, obviously, uh, you did not have an opportunity to go back to Columbus. Was there something in particular that drew you to DC United, or was it just a great opportunity to hopefully resume your playing career this summer, uh, and, and then kind of transition into that coaching
5: role? No, no. Columbus crew made a decision. It was, you know... These things happens all around the world you know people make decisions they made a decision they were very gently to open uh, to open me to give me the opportunity to work but no like a like a player as a player but my my intention is to to still play in football so when DC United offered me this opportunity uh, I didn't doubt about it you know I took it, and I'm here, and I'm really happy, and I want to I wanna try to play a good football again. It's, 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 it's that simple for me.
2: It doesn't get more simple than that. You know, you've know, you got an opportunity coming up here in a few weeks to get back out there with the team for the uh, MLS's back tournament. Uh, what are your thoughts on that tournament? It's kind of an interesting format and something we haven't seen in a while.
5: I think it's nice. You know, after like... a. Long time of recess, I think it's very nice for us, you know, to get back of our normal life, be with the guy playing football. Uh, it's gonna be a very interesting tournament because it's different than the uh, regular season. So I think it's a good opportunity for us, as also it's a good opportunity for the rest of the team in the league. You know, it's gonna be a very short tournament, uh, and I hope we can we can do good.
3: Yeah, what are your thoughts about being down there in Orlando for the Disney tournament? Are you excited? I I, I know from what you said, you're you've been away from your family already for a while. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about the the way that this tournament has been set up?
5: I mean, it's, it's not a big deal for me and my family because they know me. This is what I like to do. Um, <laughs> since I met my wife, she knows, you know, uh, that this is my this is my life so for us it's normal of course it's not the best situation i would love to play the regular season you know it's, it's, it's better for everybody but this is what it is and um, we have to to face this situation with with our best
3: yeah uh, in the tournament although we weren't put in the same group as them are you you seem like not that you have Sorry? Chi- it doesn't seem like you have a chip on your shoulder but maybe you want to prove yourself are you looking forward to playing against columbus again
5: no I'm, i mean I have nothing to say about Columbus, uh, I, I, they know I love them, I know they, they love me, you know, this is reciprocal since day one, nothing will change, but now I'm defending these colors. I'm a DC United player and I, I have to do uh, the best for this club. We love to hear I And you. this is what I uh, would love to do, but you know, for me it's going to be a tricky situation because after almost one year not playing football, you know, come back at my age, but uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very positive about the next couple, couple months. You know, I'm very positive of, of the, the work I've been done in the last, in the last, you know, four, six, six months. Uh, and I want to see that on the field, you know, then you play against a rival. Then you need to, to show that uh, you are ready to go.
1: Yeah, that's great to hear. We're definitely also excited to see you playing for DC United. Um, when you were in Columbus, you were able to score so many goals for them. Um, when you put on the black and red, are you hoping to score just as many goals for DC United? Or do you anticipate having maybe a different role on this team?
5: I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not a top scorer. I'm not a forward. I'm not that type of number 10 also. But I like to connect people. I like to to break down defense. Uh, but most of the time you know trying to find the right pocket to turn and make make place you know try to to, to 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 do good possession for my team value the ball and then see if I can if I can assist my teammates uh, then if I can score of course you know everybody likes to score goals but uh, I, I I need to see I need to see I'm feeling like uh you know when when I was 16, 17 years old and I was thinking, okay can I make it? can I be a, a professional football player again? So that's my feeling. So it's kind of an anxiety like a nervous like a, you know like a, when I was a kid uh, but that is nice, it's a great feeling you know because it pushes you to, to, to do the best.
2: Uh, it sounds like you are motivated and ready to get back out there and like we said, we're very excited to see you out there.
5: I, yeah, I am. We, uh, you I know, am.
2: Obviously, you played in for the crew for a number of years, and it sounds like you've got nothing but good things to say about them. Do you have a favorite? Sorry, You played for the crew for a long time. Do you have a yes. favorite uh, Columbus crew versus DC United memory, a particular game that stands out to you?
5: Uh, no, I mean, we play, we face against each other like many, many times because we are we were in the same... In the same coast but uh, I mean uh, I I had good memories in Columbus Uh, I would love to have good memories here in DC United playing for this club Uh, I I believe uh, that what happened happened but now it's it's time to to look at the present thinking in the future you know
0: for sure and so while you're here Do you think there's a decent chance you could convince your brother Gonzalo to come join you here in DC
5: for a little bit? (laughs) You never know. You never know. Football in life, either. You never know. You know. But but honestly, I would love to play with him, and I know for him, could be could be a good opportunity. But you never know. Nobody knows. (laughs) I know he's happy in Juventus. He's playing for a great great club one of the most important team in the world. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy.
3: Yeah, we, we'd love to see it too. And, and we can certainly understand if he wants to stay there. All right, yeah. Federico, every time we have a player on, we ask them to give us a, a quick maybe argument or, or advertisement for why we should buy their, their jersey. So we're going to ask you, why should we buy a DC United Hikwain
0: jersey?
5: Because I'm a normal guy. <laughs> I'm a normal guy who loves what I do, you know?
0: I like it. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time, especially on Father's Day, to join us here on the show. Um, we said it a few times, but we can't wait to see you out there uh, in the black and red, hopefully scoring, uh, but but like you said, setting up other players and the entire team for success. So thank you so much okay. for joining us. I
5: hope the same. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Stay safe.
0: That's uh, Federico Iguain from DC United. We'll be back here in just a few minutes on Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast, presented by Heineken.
3: Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Casts the morning after the match.
0: Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds.
1: Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedandTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328.
0: Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken will be back in less than sixty seconds.
3: Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag tried and true DCU or email us at tried and true DCU at gmail.com.
0: Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds.
1: Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU.
0: Welcome back to Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And uh, what a great time talking to Federico Iguain. That guy is ready to come back, and he's so excited. And I got, I'm not going to lie, I'm even more excited to see him play now after talking to him.
1: Me too. Like, we had so many questions lined up, you know, about what his coaching role would be like, just because that is so unique, and it's something... I say it's unique but you're also seeing it more and more you're seeing more and more teams you know signing these players um and hoping to transition them into coaching so we were excited to talk to him about that but he was having none of it which i actually really appreciate he is all about getting back on the field and making an impact for this team which is amazing
2: you love to see a guy who still has that competitive fire you know slightly different situation but so many times you see a player come to mls or you know reaching the end of his career and he's kind of taking a victory lap and definitely do not get that sense from our interview just now he is excited he is ready to get out there he's ready to show he's still got things to offer you know i'm sure that he's going to help out a lot in terms of keeping the other players in line and uh and on the coaching side but Uh, it sounds like he's ready to make an impact on the field too
3: yeah when he I mean it really touched me when he was talking about you know it feels like I'm back 16 17 years old and am I gonna make it that's the kind of energy you want a guy to have coming into your team but also the knowledge that he can be one of the best players in this league so those two together I I mean might as well start him right I'm so pumped for it
0: yeah I mean not only that I mean there's a lot of leaders on this DC United team there's no doubt but I mean lost a guy like Wayne Rooney with so much experience and and we've talked to so many of the young guys who we're all really excited about you know bringing in a guy like Higuain it's much more than just the attacking presence that hopefully he'll be able to bring back I mean obviously he he's he's interested in being a player again he's he is hungry and it's so exciting but he's got so much experience too and I think just being able to talk to some of the young guys and, and work with them play with them Coach him up on the field, right? Right. I mean, you don't you don't have to be a coach just on the sidelines. And I think if you get to see, you know, a game in this tournament where you know maybe he's not in the starting lineup, but you know maybe DC United win their first two games in the group or something, and and they're already in. And then for that third game, you know maybe you're bringing in Iguain, you're you're starting Yao, right? You're starting uh, Paredes, and 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 what an opportunity for those kids to learn from him. I mean, honestly, his salary is
3: DC United had the slot, so why not? And then this is the year they're bringing in a new number ten who speaks Spanish what a great asset to have on your team an mls veteran who can play the 10th spot at at a league in all league level and you just signed into up. he's going to be a huge asset to flores as well and to ben because you know flores maybe needs a couple of games to get in the groove or maybe he's he's not catching this kind of game plan just throw he in there and then in practice he can be like hey this is what i do here and this is what succeeds i'm just really excited about
1: it yeah it's going to be interesting to see what he does on the field you know um Obviously, we all watched him play for Columbus, but you know, reading up um, about him right before this interview, a lot of what was talked about were like the goals and that presence and the assists that he was able to offer for Columbus. But then speaking to him, he's like, That's not even my role. So if we can have someone who's scoring on the goal, all the goals, and doesn't even acknowledge that he's scoring all the goals, like, I mean, he wasn't ever their like leading goal scorer. I think one year he actually was, but he was always pretty consistently. On their tally sheet, so I'm excited for that.
3: And he is that player that connects passes, and the strikers he was connecting passes to were Patrick Mullins and Jossie Zardes and, oh yeah, Ola Kamara. So, a great addition to the team, I think.
2: Yeah, and I think getting a guy like Iguain out there as, you know, perhaps he's a depth piece, but frankly his attitude coming in uh doesn't sound like he's going to be satisfied with just being a guy coming off the bench he's going to be pushing to get minutes out there and we know that going into this back half of the season whenever we do get schedules out it's going to be compressed and there's going to be a lot of fixtures that we're trying to fill so uh, there's gonna be plenty of playing time and plenty of opportunity for him to demonstrate that he's still got it well and
0: there's nothing you like more than a team with a little bit of depth and the guy who's maybe not cutting the starting 11 as hungry as they can be i mean that just that just makes everybody better but did you guys catch it when i asked about his brother coming over i I didn't hear him say no he did not not say no no.
3: (laughs) john how many times in his career do you think people have asked him about him there was
0: a rumor fairly recently i don't remember exactly what the source is yeah Yeah, but it sounded like it was like a a potentially a real possibility maybe next year maybe the year after i you know but i'll take it
1: (laughs) not a no is better than a no so i will this also take it go
3: from playing next to ronaldo
0: to next to griffin Yao. i like it uh, hey you know <laughs> what griffin will serve him up all day <laughs> <laughs> So, speaking of overseas, we do need to talk a bit, uh, or as long as you guys want, um, about the return of uh, English football this weekend, and uh, you guys know I was just grinning ear to ear. Yeah, i turn really... that
1: around. I wish everyone could have seen John's eyes just now light up. Leicester <laughs> didn't even win their no, game, and his sure eyes just lit up. I so. uh,
0: really dropped some points yesterday, but it's just so exciting to have it back, and I mean, it, it came back in the most British way imaginable uh, with the first game on Wednesday Um, a goal clearly in the back of the net goal line technology was still on break assistant referee (laughs) looking right at it decided not to make a call nobody went to VAR and Sheffield United uh, dropped two points in a game where they clearly should have won and it was just classic to see all the banter back I mean it's it's almost like it never left on Twitter right it's just everybody's right back in (laughs) the relevant.
2: in a situation like that you do have to wonder if maybe the ar's are you know sitting back a little bit thinking hey it's going to get caught by the VAR it's going to get caught by the Hawkeye I you know I know what I think I saw but the computers surely the computers got it right. Um,
3: Black you're doing Sam's rant for her. I was going to say
0: should we put 30 seconds on the clock and just let (laughs) Sam tell us how she feels.
1: Go ahead and at me Sammy Kaz I've been saying this from the beginning this is point B why I I hate VAR is because you're allowing the referees and the assistant referees to sit back and just think technology is going to do their job for them because it is the assistant referees job to see that that went in the net because it you you did not need goal line technology to see that that fully went in the net the keeper's full arm was over the line you could see it from a mile away but everyone just sat back and assumed the technology was going to take care of it and now those are three major points that were lost that could really come into play at the end of the season
3: well it, it first should be noted that sam has no interest in this game at all she didn't care who got what <laughs> points at all she doesn't even have a team in the premier league she's this upset but also she's right that the referee michael owen was pointing to his watch repeatedly like hey i'm not getting a call i'm not getting a call." that's i mean that's evidence that they they didn't check it because they thought that technology was there they were I too mean,
1: afraid to make a call like you don't need to rely on the technology in the same way i think that like football relies on the technology in those replays like that was never supposed to be what var was in soccer but like that's so quickly what it became
0: well i think what's frustrating to me on this is like goal line technology was something that you know england implemented well before they had var and and Truly, this was the first time, I think, what, in 9,000 instances or something, the the company said that they had an issue where a number of the cameras were obstructed. Um, Not foolproof, obviously. I think where I was most frustrated, though, is, you know, Sam, you have a great point of, like, yes, it's the assistant referee's job. Um, Had they not seen it, you know, perhaps they were a bit obstructed by one of the players as well. I'll I'll concede that point. But you also still have VAR in this situation as you're... You know your safety valve. Where like here in in Major League Soccer and other leagues, like they could have invoked that. And it, it seems to me like, and I don't know if the rules don't permit it because goal line technology is there. But it seemed to me like, okay, goal line technology is not working. The assistant referee didn't see it. We still have VAR. Like, how did they not go to and that? Like they said they should. Five
1: seconds or something like they, that. It but was sixty nine seconds yeah. to the
3: next free kick, and, and then they should have rec- gone to VAR. And, and there's. A, VAR isn't out the window just because you have Hawkeye. MLS doesn't have a Hawkeye system at all. The goals are, if there's a problem here and it needs to be checked, its goals are checked by VAR. And that's
2: what should have happened, but it obviously did not.
1: No. It's ridiculous. VAR
2: is there to make sure that you get the call right. And in this case, it did not happen. I don't know why they didn't choose to go to VAR at the break uh, a minute later. There should have been plenty of time, but it didn't work. (laughs) The thing is,
1: too, it's not just, like, the ref deciding to go to VAR. Like, people are on the VAR cameras the entire game. It's not like they just pay attention when there's a foul or they just pay attention when something's happening. Like, they are paying attention the entire time, and they're constantly in the ref's ear saying, like, hey, you might have wanted to check that. Like, it's ultimately still the ref's decision whether or not he even wants to check something. They can say, like... That guy just punched the dude in the nose. And if the ref's back was turned around, he'd be like, I don't care. I don't want to look at it. Like, it's ultimately the ref's decision. But we've created this situation where the ref is just relying on the technology, even though the ref is supposed to be in charge of the technology. And honestly,
2: at one point, we had a referee stationed behind the goals, just looking out for situations like this. The technology has changed, and they have stopped doing that. But maybe they need to find one more body out there just to sit there and watch if a ball goes across the line, because that's the name of the game, and it costs Sheffield. Of course, this morning they came out and laid an egg against Newcastle, which I'm fine with. <laughs> yeah, that worked out okay for you. It, uh, it, it'll it all bounce out at the end, I'm, I'm sure, but uh, I understand that Sheffield fans being a bit upset after Wednesday's,
0: Wednesday's result. You know, especially Sheffield United's result on Wednesday, by the way. We should clarify there. You Don't want, don't want to get confused for the only team in the world named after a, a, a day of the week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sheffield United might miss out. On a Europa League spot because of that, though. And I think that's something that, you know, you can circle a lot of things that happened that went wrong for Sheffield throughout the season, not related to VAR, but um, that would be that would be bad. It would be almost as bad as Arsenal's performance on Wednesday um, against Man City. 3-0, had a man sent off. David um, Lewis really just welcoming us all back to the uh, disaster that is Arsenal. I saw
1: a tweet that said something like, it's, things have never changed. You wanted to make sure that everyone felt as comfortable as possible <laughs> with soccer coming back.
0: And, of course, you know, go
2: back to the uh, Sheffield game real quick you know they were talking afterwards about potential legal action coming from some of the teams and which will be fascinating yeah yeah uh, i don't n- know of cases where you've seen lawsuits filed over in game results or what the officials do and how a court would handle that i'm certainly no expert on the english courts
1: i'm like go- sorry i thought but, done.
2: but there's a lot at stake and you talk about you know potentially missing a, a europa spot because you dropped two points here when it should have been three Millions of dollars. That's that's big. That's big time. And well, you don't want the courts necessarily getting involved in to a huge degree, but it's it's an issue.
1: I mean, I'm almost afraid what would happen if the courts did get involved, right? Yeah, and if the they, precedent set there. Yeah, is crazy. they end up finding you know favorably for Sheffield. Like that's, I mean, any team then ever can go and argue that. Like I mean, think about America, like every Super Bowl there'll be some type of lawsuit over some crazy call that, you know, quote-unquote potentially could have turned the game. Like, that's almost terrifying to think about. Yeah,
2: imagine a cup final where you have a similar result happen and it doesn't go that team's way. They go back, they, you know, take it to court. Court finds a way to argue a replay. I, I don't want to open that can of worms, uh, but there's a lot at stake.
0: Well, I think I made the argument to you guys in our group chat, and I was quickly shot down by probably all three of you, but I actually would have been okay if they awarded that goal at halftime. they were like, "Look, we no, totally you can't. bottled this. Can't Take a goal." Too fluid of a game to uh,
3: any game is too fluid, but especially that would be soccer. better than and going to why the courts. Though, VAR
1: doesn't work in this sport. I think it's too fluid of a <laughs> game, and you can't just go back and reward things. Same argument that VAR
0: doesn't work in the sport is <laughs> absurd. But in this one case, at it me. didn't go well. <laughs>
1: it's not. It's not. It's not what the the game is so fluid, and it's all based off like really quick restarts. So it's not meant to stop and review all these plays. You're supposed to give the referees the power to make these decisions. And, you know, there just is human error, and I've definitely been on the receiving end of it and been cursing human error. But, like, that's just what it is. That's how the game has developed, and it's not for these replays and awarding points later. Like, there would have been a revolt. I don't think that the team would have, like, finished the game. You
2: can't can't tell me that a mistake in the first half is worth more than a mistake in the second half. Like, if... mm -hmm. can can you imagine if at the end of a game you came back and said oh by the way in the 63rd minute this should have been a goal so instead of being a 1-1 draw that you all fought out it's going to be 2-1 in the books
1: yeah or like this should have been a pk and we didn't call it and we'll assume that this person would have taken it and scored because that's their stats this year like that opens up an even worse can of worms i think perhaps
0: my bias is showing i just went ahead and safely assumed that villa weren't going to score on that restart so (laughs) (laughs) but um you know you when we talk about the European spot and we talk about the courts, um, Manchester City obviously uh, is currently up against a two-year ban, although they're going to have their uh, their case sorted uh, in the Court of, for Arbitration of Sport here in July. But as you look at the table right now, um, Sheffield United, um, with City currently not eligible, are still in a Europa League spot by two points. Um, they're two points ahead of Tottenham. But if Manchester City has their ban overturned, all of a sudden Sheffield United are uh, out in the cold right now if the season were to end today. So it does mean a lot, and it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. The other thing we thought for sure would be sorted this weekend and still hasn't, um, Liverpool drew Everton today. So there was a a pretty good chance um, had Liverpool won today uh, and and Manchester City lost uh, tomorrow. Big question mark there to Burnley, but yeah, Yeah. everyone's been hyping it up, I it was possible, so we're going to have to wait just a little bit longer for the Reds to clinch, um, which I'm personally fine with waiting as long as that takes. Uh, but looking ahead this week, um, guys, there's Premier League games every day except for Friday, um, really all the way through the following Friday. Right. I, so I, it's it's just back-to-back coming fast.
3: I love the schedule, and I think they're doing it Right. Uh, I kind of am a little bit jealous that the MLS is not following us somewhat, somewhat. I made the arguments here on previous shows. But I, I think it's interesting to look at these games that the EPL has played and, and try to get a glimpse of what we might see in the MLS's back tournament. I think I heard a stat today in uh, one of the games that of the 23 goals scored, it was during the Chelsea game, uh, at halftime, they said, of the 23 goals scored in this first EPL week, 18 were in the second half, which is just bonkers Uh, it might be because of all these water breaks the coaches are getting to make tactical stuff but I I think a lot of teams are rusty a lot of teams are are playing off the fact that other teams are rusty and keeping key players I mean you guys have talked about Leicester and Newcastle but Wolves waited until halftime to put on two of their best attacking players Uh, so maybe there's a bit of strategy here for MLS teams when you come back like maybe have people ready to go on on the bench and bring them on in the 70th 80th minute because because teams are going to be tired and and not ready to compete like that
2: and you've got a different setup too with allowing the, the five substitutions over the course of three windows but you still saw it happen uh, i think it was the manchester city game uh or i may, I may be mistaking that there but where you had a, a guy sent off early and uh come late on had an injury into a defender you had to uh find a way through so even five subs wasn't enough to overcome the fact that players still get hurt and you still got limited opportunity to make those fixes
3: yeah that was the man city game i remember because the arsenal were playing man down and, and then city ended up having to play man down due to injury yeah i i just hope these players are are given enough time to get ready and get up otherwise that that big key matchup that they you know forged in the draw miami versus orlando might be
2: a dud And I'd like to see moving forward, I think one of the things we've most appreciated about the way they've scheduled these games, not only having games every day, but having them in separate windows so you could sit down and conceivably watch every game if you want to. I'd be fascinated to see what the ratings come back as far as how many people have sat down and done just that and whether it's something that they consider moving forward. I know there's a a lot of momentum for keeping the games at the traditional time slots, but if you can get viewers in there, there's a lot of money to be had. I don't think there's any reason
3: to keep traditional time slots. I mean, uh, besides prime time, where you know, like everyone is normally done eating dinner and like sitting down in front of the television, I play games all the time, twenty four seven.
0: Yeah, I mean, I that's something that I tried to dissect a little bit. You know, the last time I was in England, of like, why is this a thing? You know, in the in twenty first century, of, of you know, why does this window exist? Why do they make it so difficult to watch the games and? I came to the personal conclusion and I could be totally wrong, but I think it actually has a lot to do with the lower league teams and saying like, Hey, if you want to watch football today at 3 PM, like you've got to go to your local clubs team. Like you can't stay at home and watch, you know, the best couple teams in the country play. Um, And I think that's perhaps going to be even more important as we move forward and fans start to be allowed back in the stands because those lower league teams are going through hell right now with not having fans in the stands They're losing money left and right. And so I do wonder, I mean, from where we sit with a massive ocean between us and england i mean we're fortunate we can watch all the games anyway um but i think over there there might be you know a lot of noise from the big clubs to televise those games but also the the small clubs are gonna say guys i i need fans in my stands today to survive and and i i think that might be what it comes down to and by all means put those games on tv too we'll, we'll watch those too you're right <laughs> <all> there's <laughs> no limit on feeds um Sam, we got to bring it up. Um, unfortunately, you're the only club to fall this weekend, um, but Leeds still looking pretty strong um, for promotion. What, are, what yes. are your thoughts right now?
1: We're absolutely still looking strong. Look, it was two really unfortunate defensive errors, um, but don't even. How Joshua, are you guys looking away. last year? <laughs> go away. Shut up. <laughs> Not even as well as we're looking today. But Sam wasn't
0: aware of Leeds last year this time.
1: <laughs> Listen, I picked a team I went all in um
0: the jersey's pretty awesome by the
1: way thank you it is pretty awesome anyway the way that leads play like the, their style of play it's very fast and it's very accurate so like having a very long break in between like it hurt their style of play and you could see those moments of brilliance but you could also see where they're a little rusty and I think we saw that we've seen that across every single team to have started playing soccer yeah, teams are very rusty oh, so yeah. I'm not stressing out. Like, it was sad to wake up at 7 a.m. and watch this game in bed, and, you know, it didn't end up being a victory, but I'm not panicking yet. We still West have... Brom points, too. We still have a very healthy distance between one and two, who are tied on points. It's and you just got full on this week, though. That's a big game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but, you know, there's still a very healthy distance between third, which is the first playoff spot. Um, so I think I'm Brentford not is yet. the
0: team to watch in the championship from where I sit. They, they looked real good against Fulham this week. Uh, no, man.
1: Leeds always the team to watch. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, not nervous. Thanks for bringing it off and letting me get on You don't on seem road. nervous at all right now. I'm anyway. not. Again, like, <laughs> shut up. It was unfortunate to watch a loss, but we'll be fine. And yeah. we'll be in the Premier League. And all four of us are going to have our little face-offs next season. That it's going
0: to be fun. Um, so – One of the things that I've gotten back into a bit here is La Liga. Um, For for those of you guys who've heard my soccer story, um, I got to study abroad in Madrid back in 2014, and that's when I fell in love with soccer. Um, I had a wonderful host family that took me to a number of games at the Bernabeu. Um, And unfortunately, La Liga thought BN Sports was a channel that people had, and that's their uh, rights package here in the U.S., Um, I did find out that I have access to it now, uh, which is cool. So it's been great to watch um, Real Madrid. It's been terrible to watch La Liga's digital fans in the stands that have been just awful. Um, But La Liga is heating up right now. Uh, Yes, uh, what was it, Saturday um, or Friday maybe. uh, Barcelona drew to Sevilla, which opened the door, and Real Madrid uh, had a big win today uh, to go top of the table. So they're tied on points. One of the things that I had to actually look up, though, um, Barcelona's got a better goal differential But they don't go to goal differential first overall In La Liga, they go to head-to-head And uh, they, the two teams drew And then Real Madrid won 2-0 So Real Madrid actually has the tiebreaker over Barcelona On head-to-head record um, But there's, there's a good amount of time left I, I think that we'll see Several changes in the top two spots Before the season's out In a league where you play everybody that makes sense. Couldn't do Couldn't do an MLS.
2: If you have to find a way to find the difference between two teams and they've played everybody else, their schedules are identical. Why not measure it based on how they played each
0: other? I, I can see how you'd be frustrated if you're a Barcelona fan in this situation. I mean, I would be frustrated in general if I were a Barcelona fan. Um, <laughs> but they've got more wins, they've got a better goal differential, but they couldn't get it done to Bernabeu, which was one of the last games right before the pandemic hit, and uh, and and that's why those Blancos are on top.
1: That's so interesting because if you won that head to head, like there's just less pressure on you. I feel like with goal differential, you never know what the other team, yeah. you know, they could ball out in their last game, and the pressure's on you. But if it's head to head, and you know you won that head to head, that is so interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I I won't lie to you. I truly had to Google it because I was like looking at these standings. Um, that's that's not right. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing in world soccer that we got at least touch on here before we wrap. Um, now that all of the domestic leagues uh, across Europe have sorted out their schedules, UEFA has announced the dates for the Champions League and the Europa League, which both need to pick up. I I don't know how much we talked about it um, back when things were first really running into the brick wall of coronavirus and shutting down, but it was a very suboptimal time uh, for the virus to hit Europe. Several games uh, were in the middle of their legs, so of course... Uh, For those of you guys who remember MLS playoffs not too long ago, just a year ago so, which I thought was the better move with the home and the away leg and aggregate scoring, that's how the knockout rounds work um, in Europe. And so there are four remaining Final 16 second legs that have to be played. Uh, A number of those were played without fans in the first leg, uh, but then they're going to try to pick those up uh, August 7th and 8th, and then all the Champions League teams are going to go to Lisbon, Portugal, for uh, a little mini tournament over like nine days to kind of wrap everything up, uh, which is super exciting. Um, and then something very similar is going to happen in the Europa League in Germany. Um, they've got a number of other round of 16 games that never even started, so they're going to do those as a one-off. Um, I think that's Wolves. Did, Wol- they, did they play their first leg?
3: Wolves played their first leg, and, and I don't know if it's official. Is it officially in Germany yet? Because I feel like they were debating whether it would be at the Molyneux or in Germany.
0: So the, the legs that are mid-leg they're still debating whether or not those are going to be at the originally scheduled stadium or if they're going to be in Germany. But then once the winner is sorted out, or if the fixture hasn't begun at all, that that'll be in Germany. That makes sense. Like that whole home away argument that was happening for a lot of leagues around the world. You kind of resolve that with that. Yeah. But it, it it makes for what's going to be a really exciting August. A lot of the leagues are wrapping in, in the end of July We'll have uh, promotion playoffs for League One in uh, in just a couple weeks. I think League Two is actually happening right now. I watched one of those games the other day. Um, the championship should be in August as well. Not Sunderland. It was not Sunderland, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but once that's done, we'll see. You know what the what the new season's restarting. It, it seems like there's going to be a bit of a splinter. I don't know if France is going to start at the normal time because they cut the rest of their season uh, short. Um, it sounds like Scotland is going to start in August kind of in earnest. Um, so there will be some some small leagues kind of starting at the normal time. We assume some of the bigger leagues that are finishing out now might not start until September. But when you piece it all together, I think we're going to have soccer, like, forever now, <laughs> which is a, a good spot to be in. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can keep the curve as flat as possible and, and allow that to continue to happen. But that's at least one silver lining here.
1: Yeah, after no soccer for four months, we cannot ever take any soccer game for granted. (laughs) Listen, you remind us every episode at the top of the episode, but yeah, I don't think we can take any soccer for granted anymore.
2: Yeah, let's hope we get soccer back and basically permanently. It'll be interesting to see, you know, we've got a couple of years before the next World Cup in Qatar, but when you start looking at, hey, if this next season has to start late, does it end a little bit late? How does that affect the following year, then playing a World Cup in December, I do not envy the schedule makers trying to you know, figure this out and make sure that you know, the players are staying healthy and rested and able to you know, meet all the demands on them. But for us as fans, the more soccer, the better.
1: Yeah, at one point I think you know very early it was a lot of like fan just chit chat, but there was talk about potentially like the European calendars going to like the MLS calendars and playing like during the calendar year, which would have been a very shocking positive for me, just because I have my opinion. Change that would have come out of Corona, right? Not to make light of the situation, but Sam, you
0: mean to tell me you have an opinion on this topic? Wow, go on. Sorry, I thought I had no opinions.
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean that would have been interesting. It'll, it will be interesting to see what they end up doing and how far they do end up pushing back.
3: The last little bit of news: another tournament about to kick off. The NWSL Challenge Cup is about to kick off down in utah i think yep. uh you can watch all the games i think for five dollars on cbs all access as part of their new tv deal yeah that so they got is, going it
1: is behind a paywall but it's five dollars a month and this entire tournament is taking place within a month so and you get again like you said every single game so um.
3: yeah and we went in on the MLS. Last- draft like how they picked spots for that tournament the nwsl was only slightly better they had like cards and stuff instead of like whatever charlie davies was (laughs) messing with uh but i do believe they fixed a couple matchups the the whole thing kicks off uh
0: i think i get with uh i think portland north North carolina right portland north
3: carolina two of the best teams in the league It,
0: it was funny because right before that cbs was like we're gonna broadcast the opening game live on cbs national television turns out it's the best two teams in the league uh, playing so yeah complete I'm, fluke. I'm, i got questions <laughs> about that draw as well
2: well okay. uh you're, go ahead. yeah and this tournament is going to basically take the place of the season for nwsl so if you want to watch top flight women's soccer this year that's going to be your best opportunity who knows when the women are going to be able to get back out there and playing uh gearing up for the olympics next year on the national team level but as far as domestic pro leagues yeah you can get it while you can
3: yeah, yeah. i think uh only hold out right now literally is the US women's national team players they may or may not be taking part I know a couple that were injured already have definitely backed out but this this hits all the box hashtag support local soccer hashtag support women's soccer like you should probably do this if, you, if you're a soccer fan you'll probably get your five dollars worth
0: oh for sure and you know it's it's a big week I mean the, the games start here what a week from Tuesday for the spirit their schedules out which is super exciting um, they've got A couple tough games in here but i I don't think i don't think anybody had the spirit pegged as cup contenders this year but in a tournament you never know they get out they they make a little run it it could happen and and that's what's exciting about it i think it could be the most
3: exciting thing because they basically dumped their entire roster they got rid of pew and just drafted like eight players so and, and these are all like u.s Women's national team quality players so
0: they they could be good or they could be terrible stay tuned i guess and perhaps more exciting than what happens on the field, the jersey reveal is this Thursday, which we know we're all excited about. It's got to be better than the MLS jersey it's reveals, l- right? No.
1: Also, just across the NWSL, like there have been some bomb jerseys to have dropped. Oh, my God, yeah. So, I I mean, do we see the Cherry Blossom jersey finally? Like, Portland came out with like that rose jersey um there was another jersey that i'm just not thinking of right now like utah Denver's had team. like the mountains yes,
3: on it, it was oh really, yeah those was were cool, cool. it's really nice and so also that day sky fc released their kits and i feel like washington spirit know that. that it's maybe a little competition before the tournament literally the only thing keeping me from buying a washington spirit jersey so far has been that they have a plain white kit hashtag plain white kit and the star or the stripes i, I just don't like stripes on a jersey yeah. so i'm really 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 looking forward cherry boston's would have been cool because they would have been in like downtown dc this season so look out for that
1: yeah we'll see what happens um but you can you know check out that jersey drop potentially order your own um probably not gonna arrive by the time these games are happening but maybe the final you never know there's Um, always
0: room in your closet for another jersey exactly hangers sometimes you have to buy more of but closet space you can find
1: we're kidding (laughs) Uh, but as John mentioned, the Spirit will be kicking off with their first game on Tuesday, June 30th against the Royals. Um, their next game will be Saturday, July 4th against Rain, And then their last group stage game will be Wednesday, July 8th versus the Thorns.
0: I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to act like I know as much as I should about the NWSL, but from what I've seen in previous seasons and what I recall from last year's standings, these games get harder as we go, it looks like. Yeah. so yeah definitely want to try to tune in for the first game and, and hopefully they can pull off three points there and skate forward into the championship because i think those second two games are going to be tough yeah i mean I but think it, what eight of nine i'm sorry to cut you off eight of nine teams move on to the knockout round so like just it's hashtag don't be last <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is the official hashtag score of a NFL eagle NFL. In
4: your, <laughs> yeah that's right
1: Uh, Yes, and those quarterfinals will be uh, July 17th through 18th. We'll have the semis on the 22nd, and then the final will be on July 26th.
0: And you said 5 bucks for all the games. I paid more than that for my Flow Sports experience, and I saw no games. So, I mean, this (laughs) is definitely (laughs) a a decent deal.
1: Definitely worth it. Kind of switching over. I didn't put this on the show notes. Sorry, y'all, but it's a very easy question that Joshua has the wrong answer to. Um, You know, we saw in the EPL some of the teams um, had little cutouts of their fans Um, I believe it was like 10 pounds you could purchase a cutout and send in a picture and you know, you could be in the stands. Um, they
0: all stole that idea from Borussia Mönchengladbach, who I liked until they sent me a child small <laughs> jersey. But you know whatever. Yeah, you, check you out. You find that on Twitter. <laughs> Actually, we might retweet that from the show Definitely account. Definitely retweet <laughs> that
1: one. Now that it was brought up. It's I, about the show. I feel like they
0: just need to send me one that's like a proper size, and I'd happily wear it. It's a cool jersey. I
1: Should I get John a jersey, um, but. So, I'm, I'm curious, so and we'll definitely put this on a Twitter poll throughout the week. But would you buy a little cutout to be put in Audi Field or at a DC United game if we're continuing to uh, play? Yeah. In,
3: in Orlando. Locations? In Orlando is the, <laughs> is or. the Twitter poll. Is,
1: is it a different answer, though? Like, do they
2: have Mickey ears on them
3: if they're in
1: Orlando?
2: <laughs> do I
3: get no,
1: th- just take your picture with the Mickey ears on them and you're already set. Mm,
2: do I get the cutout back after the tournament's over?
1: I don't um, know. Uh,
0: no, the code So, the 100% cu- I'm in if, if that happens.
3: The cutout has COVID from being reported. <laughs>
0: oh, <for laughs> Okay, so there
1: is one right answer. John, would you do it?
0: I, I would do it. I, I'm a sucker, so I'd probably do it no matter what, but I would definitely do it if they charge more than they have to and they donate some money to either Charity or Black Lives Matter or something important, um, but I'm a sucker. I'd do it.
1: So you do it anyway. Black.
2: If I'm willing to spend $14 on a beer at Audi Field, I'm certainly willing to pay $10 <laughs> to get a you know, big cardboard cutout of whatever it is I... You know, can get away with putting down there. A couple of years ago, DC United did a, uh, a series of numbers on the back of the jerseys that was made out of supporters. That was an awesome concept. Any way that you can increase fan engagement,
1: yeah, man.
3: They should bring that back for this tournament, Joshua. I look. It was a cutout for a stadium that I'll never or I have never been to, like like the Orlando one. I I don't know if I would look. I'm just trying to save the world, but not producing carbon. Or <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're awful. Joshua's wrong answer was no. I would absolutely do this, clearly, and probably pay for Joshua to do it also.
0: I mean, you are wearing a a WWF shirt as we record tonight, right? Yeah, think about the pandas when you...
3: Uh, go as a bee attack, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> think about the pandas. Be see, that's for, that's for the cardboard cutout. He's already ticked at you.
1: If it's recycled <laughs> cardboard, you don't know. What the no, no, that's, that, that's for all
2: the jokes about Columbus earlier. <laughs> <laughs> there it is.
1: All right, so yeah, we'll be putting that poll out later. I'm interested to see what people are doing, but I think that's a very fun way to stay engaged um, and to see yourself on TV. Like, why would you not? Uh,
3: so kind of wrapping down, at some point we have to switch from coronavirus hiatus to pre disney cup show
0: it, I, it might be our next show yeah I, I
3: feel like we're getting there we almost have mls is back <laughs> i'm just <laughs> mls hashtag
0: mls is almost back <laughs> maybe we can make that thing the tournament i mean we're at week 15 i think we're running out of fingers to count on <laughs> i was so. about to say
1: this might be our last <laughs> our toes. last countdown from from john
0: as long as we can keep Bobby wine I, i'm good
1: i think that might also need to end soon too that's
0: right. brutal I think that's enough for this week. Uh, thanks everyone for for joining us. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do more shows. We got to figure out exactly when we're gonna do more shows. Uh, but it, it does sound like our next episode will probably be uh, the tournament preview. I know the team leaves. I think this week to go down to Orlando. So we'll try to see if we can get some intel from how that's going, how the players are holding up, if Kevin's beating everyone at FIFA, or if anybody's been able to knock him off. Um, but we'll find out, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again real soon, right here on Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Hanekeen.
4: The bad news is that everyone is a potential victim. But the good news is that everyone is a potential solution. Sensitize the masses to sanitize. Keep a social distance and quarantine. Stop the coronavirus. Discipline and personalizing and make sure you regularly wash your hands. Keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb. Dry cough is a simple tomb. Wokeway is a simple tomb. Itchy eyes and flu is a simple tomb. Moyo Huehuanga Una con la vida de abas